Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Uh, if you can't tell, I'm not Trey Corey. I don't have a lot of hair product. My hair doesn't look as good as his. I told him I'd take one, one little jab at him. Um, but no, hey, my name is John Turner. Some people call me JT here. I'm one of the fellows at Southwood, along with these girls in the back and Taylor. And uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here this morning, to get to speak to you guys. Really, it's the last, last uh, Sunday before the semester wraps up. You guys are in the thick of it with finals, and I remember that time, and I don't miss it. So I hope you guys are doing well. I know the finish line is right around the corner for you all, and I'm excited um, to get to talk with you this morning and uh, open up God's Word. So a couple things first. We have some announcements. You seniors, we're going to give you guys something today. Um, we got a packet ready for you guys in the back. We'll give it to you all at the end of the service. But uh, And one of the things, we have this thing called the Alumni Network that we're launching uh, that... Our staff has spent a lot of time getting ready, but basically it's just a way for you guys to get connected wherever you are going next, get connected to somebody maybe who's been a part of Grace and can help you make that transition smoothly. Uh, find a body, find a church, uh, and just get plugged in right away. And so it's a really neat thing. Uh, you seniors all will have more information on that, but I wanted to shout, shout that out. And then also, raise your hand. Who's going to be here this summer? I am. And a lot of you guys. So uh, we still do stuff in the summer. This isn't the Sunday, and then we're done. Uh, I... Know a lot of you guys are in summer school or working, and so we're doing stuff. We uh, we got uh, Bible studies going through the summer. They will start June 11th, and so online we'll have that up and running soon. If you guys check in or come up here, we'll have you guys uh, able to sign up and get plugged in. It'd be an awesome way for you guys to stay uh, in community this summer as you're here. Also, we are only going to have one service on Sundays. It'll be at Anderson in the college auditorium. So I have one college service. So if you're here, don't come here. We won't be here. Uh, you'll be alone and worshiping by yourself, which is awesome, but the point of Sunday is to be in community. So join us over at Anderson at 11. Uh, and then also we have awesome ways to serve. We got Backyard Bible Club, Youth Ministry, Children's Ministry, Furniture Giveaway. If you guys are here and you want to get plugged in, you want to serve, we got some uh, things for you guys in order to do that. So uh, let me pray for our time, and then we're going to get into it. And uh, I'll leave you some, some time at the end for uh, table discussion. Uh, Father, thank you for uh, this moment that you give us uh, on Sunday mornings to open up your word. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to us, uh, that you're moving, that you're alive, that you're active today, right now in this moment, that you know the things going on in each of our hearts, in each of our weeks, in our semesters. You know it, uh, and we can trust you with that, Lord. We just ask this morning you come meet with us, um, that you would speak through your word. You say it's more alive than anything else. And so we ask that you would meet us. We ask that you would just speak to us in the ways that we need to be spoken to by you, Lord, and uh, we just thank you for this men, these men and women who are here this morning uh, worshiping you. And we pray all that in Christ's name. All right. I'll never forget the first time I shot a deer. It's a, it's a very memorable moment. For me, it came a lot later in life. I didn't grow up. My dad wasn't a big hunter. I, I wasn't really involved in those kind of things. So it came for me in college. About my junior year of college, me and some buddies, we, we went out to his, my friend's ranch. Just a ridiculous ranch. A ton of blinds. All of us went out there. It was probably a little dangerous, a lot of guns, a lot of Jeep four-wheel riding with them out there. And, I mean, it was a blast, though. And I remember uh, one of my good friends, Bryce Whitmire, uh, we were in a blind uh, on one of the mornings. I'd never shot a deer before. And so my buddy, whose ranch it was, he had a high fence and a low fence, and it kind of worked in a way that they, they, they needed to keep numbers and population. So even if there was a deer where we were, if it was a doe or a buck, we could shoot it, as long as it was appropriate size and stuff. So... We were out there early in the morning, about 5.30, we're waiting. It's one of those things where it's awesome on one hand, but on the other hand, you're like, I could be sleeping. And I did find myself in that place a little bit that morning, but 
The sun comes up, the feeder goes off, and these two deer run up, these two doe. And they're about the same size, and so it was really hard to tell relatively how big they were for how far away we were. So I remember sitting there in my head, you know, I'm a very much of an amateur, a rookie, and uh, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, it's kind of small. They're kind of small. I don't know if this is really, you know, that picture I want with my deer. You know, I don't know if I want this to be my first one. And, uh, and Bryce nudges me. He's like, dude, this is it. Pick one and shoot it. And I was like, are you sure? I mean, this looks like Bambi. And he's like, I'm sure, dude, shoot it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And so there is this thing when you get, especially the first time, and I'm sure it continues, but you get that deer in your scope, and they call it buck fever, but you get a little adrenaline pumping, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, how do you stay locked in here? How do you stay aimed at where you're supposed to aim at? You know, and so I was taught everything. It's like right here is really where you want to hit it. It's the kill shot. And so I'm like, I'm a man. I know how to shoot a gun, even though I really haven't shot a gun, and I'm totally going to kill this thing. (laughs) And so I aim at it. I fire, and the thing just drops. And I'm sorry if you guys are not a big fan of hunting or just animals, cruelty type things in general, because it kind of goes downhill from here. But I shot it. I shot it, and it dropped. And so I was like, let's go. So I leave, we, we, we walk out of the blind. We start walking up to the deer. The other one had obviously run off. He didn't stick around after the noise. And uh, so we walk up, and we probably get to about here uh, to where Marcy is. And this deer was dead dead on its back, just not moving. And as soon as I get about this close, it just starts moving. And I mean, it's fully alive. And I just remember in that place being like, oh no, this is bad. And you know, we got this big old gun, we're not going to shoot it from this range, and so no joke, words are not spoken. My buddy Bryce, who's walking with me, he's got this knife in his pocket about this big. He pulls it out and he goes, all right, here you go. And I, was, I looked at him and I was like, here you go, what? He's like, take care of it. And I was like, I dropped my man card in an instant. I was like, absolutely not. I'm not ready for that. I'm in, no, I'm in no way ready for that. I'll save you the details of that. But I did. I held this claim. As we got up to the deer and it was dead eventually, uh, I saw that my shot, I mean, I had missed high and to the right. I mean, it was like a neck shot. It was bad. And I just remember being like, man, that gun, I know the gun's off. I know it's not completely locked in, the scope. It's, there's something, something's off here because, I mean, I, there's no way I'd miss that bad. And so no joke, I, I somewhat made an excuse like that. And later that day, we went to recalibrate the gun, to check to see if the aim's off and where it's at. All of us go out there, and I think for really them, they just wanted to entertain me and, and prove how bad of a shot I was. But we go out there, and the way it works, if you guys have ever done that with a gun, is that you, know, you go from 25, 50, 100 yards, or whatever, you go from distances, and you aim at a little target. So you get, you get it within your scope, you shoot at the target a couple times, then you walk up to it, and you see maybe how high or how low or how far to the right or how far to the left that your gun is, is shooting at. And so obviously when we did it that day, I mean, everything was bullseye and the scope was completely fine. Uh, It wasn't the gun's fault, it was my fault. But uh, it's that imagery of recalibrating a gun, that that idea of shooting at a target, seeing how high, how low, how far to the left, how far to the right we are, uh, that I really wanted, uh, as I thought about this morning and thought about where you guys are at at the end of a semester, I really wanted to tie in. And really this morning, I want God to speak into where we're at because we've all been aiming at something. This semester, you guys, whether you know it or not, each day you're making choices, you're making decisions, and we're headed in a direction, all of us. And this morning, I want to look at what God says that direction should be, where we should be aimed at, what is the target, how do we get locked into that? And and I want to do a little bit of that recalibrating. You know, I think each of us at the end of a semester, it gets, especially these finals time, it's kind of like you just drop everything and you want to cross the finish line. But beyond that, I mean, I know all the things that get thrown at you in a semester and all the 
the things you guys are involved in and all the choices you have to make. And it's, it's, very, it's very easy for us, some in this, in this room, to say, man, we need a little bit of recalibrating this morning. And so I want to invite God into that. I want to see in his word where he would have us so that we can head into the summer, no matter what the semesters look like, and we can have an effective summer, that we can be on target, that we can be locked into the aim that we, we are called to be locked into. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, open them up. We're going to be, sorry, I don't have a PowerPoint, but open up to 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to read for you guys 1 Timothy chapter 1, 3 through 6. But we're really going to hone in on one verse, and it's, it's verse 5 of chapter 1. And this is it. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, and this is Paul talking to Timothy, his disciple. He says, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that when you charge certain persons not to teach any other doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculation rather than stewardship from God that is by faith. And this is really what I want us to hear this morning. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. And so this morning, I want to look at three things. If you guys are tracking along, if you're making notes, it's just three points. And, and the first thing we're going to do is, like I said, if you're, if you're reading that verse 5 in there, he talks about aim, charge, all these things. We're going to look at what is the charge? What is the target that, that Paul, that God has for us? What is that charge that he's talking about? Where to be looking towards? And then the next thing, he takes a step further and he says, the aim of that charge. So what is that aim? Where are we to be aimed? Where are we to be locked into? And then finally, how do we get locked into that? Or how do we stay locked into that? Or the opposite of that is how do we get off track? So uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, what that charge is. And so like he says, the aim of our charge is love. What is the charge? Later on in chapter 1, he again says to Timothy, this charge I entrust to you. And right before it, he lays it out for him what that charge is, and it's this. In verse 15, he says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. It's the gospel. The charge that Paul is reminding them this morning is the gospel. It's the good news of the goodness of our Father who came down and made a way for us to have a relationship with him the restoration that he offers us. And he's speaking to a church here. He's writing a letter to a church. I mean, these are people who get the gospel. They know it. Just like us in this room, we raise our hand and say, yeah, I know what the gospel is. I can repeat it. I can say it in a, you know, five, six, ten words. I, you know, I know how to recite my testimony with it in a little short snippet. Like, we know what it is. So it, it led me to ask the question, why is Paul doing that this morning with them? Why is he reminding them back to the gospel? And it's for this reason. And it's the same reason that we need to be reminded of it this morning. And it's that they've drifted. They've, they've deviated. They've drifted from the charge. And in the same way, we relate to that. Our struggle or our issue is not necessarily the same as theirs. For them, if, if you're looking at me with this text, in uh, verses 3 and 4, he talks about urging them to get back to the charge by saying, don't teach any other doctrine or different doctrine, or don't devote yourselves to myths and, myth and endless genealogies. And he goes on later to say that people are swerving because of these things. And so long story, real short with them, they were really getting caught up on a lot of things that didn't matter. Extracurricular, things in the Old Testament and really tied to tradition and myth that didn't have its place or its answer in the Bible, and it was just promoting speculation. And Paul was upset because it, was, it, was more of, uh, it wasn't their content as much as what they were emphasizing on. 
And he was upset because he's, he's charged the leaders and the teachers and the people in the church to say, hey, your goal here is to edify and build up and mature the faith of the believers. That's the whole point of this. That's why I'm up here this morning. And he's saying, you're deviating from it. And so, you know, our issue isn't that we would deviate in terms of genealogies and myths. I mean, I might have even lost some of you guys if I said that. That's not our issue. But in the same way, Paul would say to us this morning, what is it that's causing you to drift, causing you to deviate from, from the charge, from the target? And I really thought about two things with us. I thought about just being a student, going back to my time. It is so easy, and like I said earlier, especially during this finals time, I mean, you just drop everything. You're busy. I mean, I, I go back to my, my college semester and think about most of my four years. I took an extra lap, so five years, but it was pretty laid back. But my four years, I mean, I, just the organizations I was in, the meetings I had, the responsibilities I had, the job at time that I had, the schoolwork, I mean, it was a ton. And it is. You guys are busy. But I think so often we use that excuse as busyness, you know, and, and we drop maybe sometimes what it is that should be most important and what should be at the forefront. And we make time for all these other things, and we find ourselves really going to proximity around us instead of priority in our lives. I mean, I did it over and over again. I know some of you guys in this room can definitely relate. And, and the reason I say that this morning is that it, 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 in some ways it is a lie. You guys probably won't have more free time than you have right now in college. I mean, you can ask your table hosts around you. And I'm not really in some of their stages of life, but I imagine with the marriage, with the family, with the job, with kids, all these things, I imagine life gets busier, actually. And so I, I say that to say, you know, if that's the thing that we're buying into, I mean, we're busy. We just got to cross this finish line. We got to make it through the semester, and then maybe I'll get some time in the summer. Or maybe I'll get, start getting com- more committed to those things I know that I want to be more committed to, that God is calling me to. And, and, and it's that mentality that I really wanted to push back against this morning and have us ask the question, Man, things will only get busier, so what are you going to do about it? And the second thing along with that, as I thought about me, thought about, man, the little time that I've spent doing this, but I think often we just don't have a plan. If you think about how anything works, you're going on a road trip, you're trying to build something, you're trying to complete a project. I mean, you think about anything, there's a plan with it. You know where it is you're headed, you know the end goal, and then you work your way back so you can get there. And in the same way, I think a lot of us have this idea in, my head, in our head, I think, you know, I can definitely speak for myself. I, I have this idea at times of who I want to be and where I want to be in my walk with the Lord, but I never go and think about, you know, hey, this summer, I got three months. In three months, you guys are going to be back in August. You're going to be back here, and everything's going to be going again. Where do you want to be in three months? Where do you know God has been calling you to go further, to grow in? Is it your prayer life? Is it studying and spending more time with him in the word? And, and I thought about for me as I kind of thought through my summer and started to spend some time and think about it, like, I just, it's, it's, I don't do it enough. You know, a lot of times we're just kind of aimless. And, and we expect and we hope to be somewhere where we don't do the things necessary to get us there. And, and in a practical way, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunities. Come ask me if, you, if you're more interested in, you know, what does a plan look like? Ask your table host. You know, Grace, we, we have tons of Bible. If you want to grow this, this summer in, in knowledge, you may be busy. Maybe it's a slower pace, but pick one of the Bible studies. Pick something that you want to, you want to go through this summer so that you can be in August and you know you've been walking through things. You've been growing. And there's a ton more things that make us drift. There's a ton of things that distract us and get us off target. I know that. I can't, I can't go through all of them up here this morning. But I, I pray that you guys, and ask that you all would at your table host, discuss them a little bit. More personally, maybe. What is it for you that, as you look at your semester? You know, what, is it, what are those things for you that, that kind of make it easy for you to drift? 
And it's, it's not just, I'm not saying it's just bad things. I'm not, I'm not talking about just you're drifting off into bad things. All of us drift. What is it for you? And I love what Paul does here and what God kind of does, does with this passage because, you know, he gives us this idea of, of growth. Like, get back into the charge, the gospel. That's what produces growth. And, you know, it's like I'm doing up here. Like, here are some things you can do to, to get better at that or to, to work at it. And I love what Paul does next because he takes it a step further. He takes us to the motivation of what it is that actually makes us change, that makes us give up of things, to make us grow. And it's, it's this. He says in verse 5, the aim of our charge is love. It's love. It's not that you guys would now try to go do more things so that you think God would be more pleased with you. He is pleased with you. He loves you. Whether you are in your word, if you've been in the word more than you ever have in your life this semester or the least that you ever had, God does not look at you any differently then than he does right now. And that's mind-blowing. And I think often we, we skip past the love part and the lo- you know, it's what enters us into a relationship with the Lord, the love he has for us, the love he has for people that he would pursue them. But then we, at times it just becomes something we hear over and over in our head, but we don't, let, we don't take the time to let it sink into to our hearts. And I love that this, this is where he goes with it and saying, hey, the aim, the aim is love. I think it makes me think about John 3, 16, you know, for God so loved the world. It is what made God pursue us. It was the love he had for us not what we could eventually do for him and all the, all the ways that we're killing it or not. So whether it's been awesome for you lately or it's not, be reminded of that this morning. And, you know, it, it, it leads me to kind of one of my favorite verses, and it really speaks to me even just being in ministry now. And it's 2 Corinthians 5, and this is a whole chunk, but I want to read 14 and 15 that says this. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for those, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake was dead and was raised. And I love that first part. And depending on your translation, it's, it may say controls us or compels us, but it says the love of, love of Christ compels us. It controls us. It is what occupies everything we do. It is who we are now. His love, it completely compels us. And again, like I said, I, I think back to, to my my long road and, and just even getting, stepping into ministry. And I would like to say that it was because of money that I decided to step into ministry. <laughs> but you know, those of you that don't laugh, I guess don't realize it's not about money because I don't really make much. But in all seriousness, it, it was this right here, this verse, this, this being captured by God's love and knowing, man, that, that God's love, when it captures you, then you know now what he wants to do with that is use you to go love others. God doesn't just send down this feeling of love. He can. He probably has. But a lot of times it's through us. It's through people. You think back about your story. It's, it's been somebody who's taken the time. I think about my story. It's been someone who's taken the time to, to, to lay down some of themselves to pour into my life, to walk with me through life. I think about last week with the table host stuff and, and the things you guys said about your table host. You know, it's the sacrifice that people make that make you feel the, the love of God through them. And so I love this 2 Corinthians verse because it moves from that being compelled by the love of Christ to say this. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. 
we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Don't miss the aim this morning. Don't miss it this summer going forward. God says that, man, when the love of Christ compels you, when it controls you, when you walk and step in a relationship with him, he then now signs you up and you're signed up to be his ambassador. That we now have the ultimate aim, the ultimate mission as we, as we step in out of this semester, into the summer, and, and on forward. But God is saying, hey, you're now my ambassador. I want to use you to compel others to be reconciled to, be, to me, to be made right with me. And, you know, I, I think it's just so easy to get away from that. Uh, it's just so easy to get away from that aim. We're so self-focused. We're so, even good things, like I said, we're so f- focused on our personal growth. And like I said, God is about that. He's not about just sustaining you to the end. He's about your sanctification to the end. But it's through these means as he uses you that you grow, that you shape, that you, that you step into that sanctification more. He doesn't want you to just be so focused on, man, how am I doing my quiet times? How am I doing with my prayer life? How am I doing with all these things? He wants to use you. He wants to lift your eyes up, you know? You guys are placed in specific places this summer. Whether it is here, we still need a lot of love here. You could love me. I need a lot of love. But seriously, you guys are placed in places this summer, you know, specific internships, Specific places God has you this summer. A camp counselor. Even at a Christian camp, camp counselor. Maybe you're going to be home more this summer than you have in a long time. Maybe it's hard to love your family. Maybe it's hard to be around your family. But he's got you there. And so what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be so, so focused on self and, and what it's about for you and your growth and all these things? Or are you, going to, are you going to get locked into the aim here as God is saying, hey, lift your eyes up. I got something way bigger for you. It gives immense purpose in whatever you do. Whether you're gung-ho about your summer or you're not. Man, that's an awesome thing to be charged with. God can change lives through you. And that's what he wants to do. And that's what he wants to do in a semester. That's what, that's what he wants to do all the time. But it's just so easy at times to really, to really lose sight of things that in our head we say, yeah, I know that. I know that's true. But what's, what's the actions? What, what's, what's the outworking of your life look like? Would your, would your actions say that's true? And we all, get, we all need some recalibration. We all need to get locked back into this aim. And so the last thing I really want to hit on, this last point, because I know, for me, even as I spent time in this, and I love getting to, to, to walk through this with you guys because it's like, I need this. You know, I'm driving over this morning, I'm just thinking like, man, I, God, I still need you to hit me way more with all of this. And so, I mean, we're all in this together. But, you know, I know we hear the love of God. I know we hear it all the time. Uh, you know, again, I think about myself, and it just stays up here most times. Like I said, it, it grabbed me when I first stepped in a relationship with him, and there's been a lot of moments, but I think a lot of times it's just easy for it to stay up here in our head, and it doesn't work its way down here and work its way out more in the things that we do and the reasons why we do things. And so I know some of you in this room could, could be hearing this and be like, yeah, I mean, again, yeah, God loves me, I know it. But he wants that to change things. He wants that to be the motivation behind things, and uh, again, Paul answers our question. He says, that aim, that aim of the charge, which is love, it issues from three things. He says that, if you're reading with me in verse 5, he says, it issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. So he gives us these three things and says, hey, this is what it issues from, a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. You want to know what it is that can get you locked into his aim, to his target, to what you should be focused on this summer, to being more able to receive the love of God, 
personally more and more. He says he gives those three things, purity, good conscience, sincere faith. And in the same way, it can quickly derail us and quickly get us off target and off track. The opposite of those things. And so, you know, first one, again, all three of these things are connected. They're not separate entities. You can't do well in one and not do well in the other. And I mean, it all is tied together. And I really think the most important one is this first concept of purity. I think everything flows from here. And even as I say it, I know the first thing that comes into mind, you know, being in college, when we went through Song of Solomon last semester, you know, it, it comes to mind being in relationships and sexual purity and, and how we go about that in our relationships. And that is a part of it. But that's, that is not the whole idea of purity. Purity is, is for us keeping our hearts, our minds, our bodies holy without blemish and without stain for the purposes of God. It goes far beyond just sexual immorality. And that's a huge one. But, I mean, it's our thoughts. It's what we allow to consume us, the things that we watch, the things that we listen to. And, you know, again, I, I'm not trying to get up here and, and say, don't go watch Netflix. I mean, that's, don't miss my point here. But I'm saying that those do have consequences on you guys' relationship and your intimacy with the Lord. I mean, it says our God is holy, therefore we should be holy. He says in Matthew 5, 8, that nobody will see him, the pure in heart will see him. And so, I mean, that's something that we should be running after at all times. And that's something that we should be guarding and blocking and, and fighting. And, you know, I think about the summer for, for a lot of people. And, you know, some of you guys have been walking in community this whole semester, this whole year. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But I know that, you, you know, you got your roommates. you got people around you. you got a community. You're here with us on Sunday mornings. And some of you guys are being plucked out of that in your place somewhere this summer that, you know, maybe you're not going to have that as much. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to fight this? Because we all are in this fight together, and what are we going to do about it? How are we going to fight that? It makes me think about a little bit. I had a buddy of college who, for one summer, kind of unexpectedly, he worked on an oil rig one summer. And I don't think he really knew what to expect. He's heard a lot of things. But I remember talking to him as he got off and, and as he got back in the fall semester, just how hard it really was. You know, that he was on this oil rig where he really was just surrounded by the, the conversation and the things that were talked about, the way women, the way things were talked I mean, it was just hard. It was hard to be around it. And if you don't fight that, that those, things, those things can affect. Those things can affect this aim, this love that we, that we, that we know of, that we're connected with. And, and in some ways, you know, it, it's where you know, that temptation becomes a reality when we, when we start to not be prepared to, to fight these things to realize that we are in a fight. And so, yeah, like I said, you know, how do we expect um, to be connected, to be intimate with our Lord who is holy if we're not about the things he's about in all ways? The second one, good conscience. This is really just the internal analysis of what's right and wrong. It's basically the integrity of heart. You know, what you do when you're alone, when no one else sees it, you know it. You may think you'd be able to hide things, thoughts, whatever, from people, but you can't. You can't hide it from yourself. And it has consequences and effects Again, on your intimacy with the Lord. I mean, I could raise my hand in this one as well and say, I've experienced this. I've experienced negative consequences of this at times, thinking that, you know, because no one else sees it, that I can hide it. But it has dramatic effect. You know, God often nudges us in our conscience towards something or away from something. I think we'd all be able to, to think of a time when maybe that's happened where we've either failed or succeeded in that nudging, but He'll nudge us in our conscience. And his spirit will push us 
and we come to a hedge where we have to make a decision where we're going to obey and it's going to be hard. We maybe in that moment don't want to, but we know it's better or we're going to give in. And as we give in, there are consequences, like I said, for that. You know, like Holy Spirit can, can be quenched. And, and that leads towards other things. And again, it's very connected with purity. All these things are connected. But you know, maybe you know God has been nudging on your heart in, in some areas this semester as you press into the summer. Or hopefully at the end of this, before you guys head off, as y'all think about your semester, as you think about what's next in the summer, uh, and that this would be something that we're very aware of, that we would not want to quench that. You know, that we would not... Yeah, want to step away where God is nudging us. It is far better than whatever it is that that thing God's pressing in on you on. And I love this quote. It says, We should be careful not to go against the warnings of our conscience, having them programmed with God's word as we carry out our ministry in our lives. And the, fa- the last one, sincere faith. The last one that Paul talks about. And really, and, and I'll wrap it up here with, after this point, is that it, it reminds me uh, about my summer after my, my fourth year, heading into my fifth year. And uh, I just served in an organization. I just, for the whole year, in somewhat of a teaching role, I felt like I had just done a lot that year, a lot that semester. I was drained. I was tired. And this attitude creeped up in me where I was like, man, I'm, I'm ready for a break. I'm ready for the summer. I'm ready for a vacation. And I was here. I was going to be here for summer school. I was working, and I was taking a class, and one of my buddies was living with me. And it was an enjoyable summer. But man, was it so self-centered and so focused on myself that this idea of rest, and, I, and I've talked to some students in here, some of you that I know, this idea of, I'm tired, I'm ready to rest, I'm ready to take a vacation, I'm ready to, to have a break. And often, we don't even really mean to at times, but we, we carry that into our, our walk with the Lord, like we're just we're ready for a break. You know, maybe you've been leading with us this semester, and it's the summer, and, and you kind of want to say, I, I want to take off from leading for a while. But that title of leading is on you, whether you're leading at our church or leading somewhere else, or you're not. There's no break that you can take in your walk and in your faith with the Lord. And I just remember that summer, a couple of things specifically. One, there was a group of guys who were all around, and I knew God was kind of wanting me to get this Bible study going, just have some consistency in the summer in the midst of, there was a lot more freedom, a lot more laid back time. And I just was like, I want to break. I don't want to do it. And it so led into my, my summer and what it was about. Like I said, this whole idea of being so self-focused and what you want and what you want to do. And man, it was fun at the time. I'm not even going to lie to you. Sometimes it was fun. And again, it's not, I wasn't jumping off the deep end here. I just, most of my days, you know, were spent playing golf and watching prison break. And I mean, I just, I, I just, I just lost, I locked myself in a room with my best friend. And again, Man, as I did that for the whole summer, as I kind of, I walked away in some of these areas that God was calling me towards, I remember the effects it had on me as I stepped into my fifth year. It's hard if that's the mentality we take as we step into things to just end it at some point. We're like, oh, the summer's over, now I'm going to step back into all these things. I mean, it does, it affects. And, you know, as as I think about all these things, even these three things together, purity, consciousness, sincere faith, um, and as I think about looking ahead in the summer and those things, you know, I know that... It's, it would probably be easier for, for a lot of us to, to, to listen to these and be like, man, I've already missed it. You can stop now. You know, in some of these areas, like, I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've struggled and I've failed in purity. Or, you know, I know God's been calling me some things in my conscience and nudging me, and I, I've quieted it. And uh, the sincerity of your faith, you know. And I love uh, this quote, really, and, and this is what I just, you know, charge us to, this morning, say a prayer, but even as before you guys head off for the summer, like that we would 
believe that, you know, what God says, that as we confess our sin, not as we hide it, but as we confess it, he's faithful to forgive us, and we're clean. He can make us pure again. He can restore our conscience. He can give us a sincere faith. Like, he can do that as we confess the areas where we've missed it. But I know we just so often, we, we do, we miss it a lot of times, but we just keep going. It's like we just want to forget but God wants you to remember, to give it to him, and, and trust that he's forgiven, that he's wiped it clean, that you can step forward now, regardless of your mistakes. And I love this quote. It says, Jesus Christ is the healer of all diseases, the conqueror of all enemies, the deliverer from all sin. If our failures teach us to turn afresh to him and to find in him the grace he gives to seek holiness, prayer, obedience, as we should, then this humiliation and this shortcoming may become our greatest blessing. And so it's in that, you know, that maybe there has been some shortcoming. And it's in that that he says, man, if if we use that to turn to him afresh in some of these areas that we haven't, that we've kind of kept compartmentalized, as we do that and believe that he's faithful in it, it could become our our greatest blessing as we're into restored fellowship with him. And so, man, again, I just wanted to, to give us this image of, you know, a target and what we're aimed after. You know, what have you guys been aimed towards this semester? And you're going to get a little bit of time in your tables to talk about it. And I hope you do personally. Because again, as I said, as we deal with these things personally, in this context, man, God does things. And, and he takes us out of it, and, he, and he, he gets us back on target, back on aim. And so I, I just pray that, really, we, we would remember where it is that we're headed, you know, what God has for us, what we're called to in this summer, as you guys think. This is the one thing I challenge you guys with, and I said a little bit earlier. But, man, spend some time. Don't just, I remember how it is when you wrap up school. I mean, it's like you take your last final, you're out of there. You just drop everything and go. Real quick, one of the most depressing things, when I graduated my fifth year when it was done, I'd lived with these guys for like three, four years. I don't know what it is. It's probably a guy thing too, but I mean, it was like zero goodbyes. It was like we all left at different times for the graduation, and we found some of ourselves being there the last one and be like, oh, wow, he like moved out. He's like gone. He's like one of my best friends. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll see you later. <laughs> we just don't really do the whole take time, say goodbye, cry, all that stuff. A lot of them were getting married, too, so we were way, you know, we weren't important anymore, and they were kind of just... But I say all that, you know, no matter if you're getting married or whatever, I say all that to say that, you know, as your semester ends and before your summer starts, take some time, alone, personal time. Think about your semester. Think about what it is you've been headed towards, what you've been aimed after, what has your target been? And think about, you know, again, like I said, maybe you need to repent in some ways. And then also, with the plan thing, think about your summer. Where do you want to be as you come back here in August? Where do you know God's pushing and calling you towards? And spend some time and think through that and pray through that and make a plan. Just don't be aimless this summer. Man, our, our joy and, and abundant life is on the line when we're just aimless. And so, that's all I got. I'm going to pray for us. I think Trey is coming up here to say a few things. All right. Father, thank you again just for the time to be together, to listen to you talk to us, Lord. Your word, it speaks, it's alive. Lord, we just thank you. God, we just pray that we would be locked into your target. Um, As we step into the summer, away from the semester, finishing up finals, Lord, would you just recalibrate us? Would you bring us back to the aim of the charge of the gospel, which is love? Would you help us this summer, Lord, to know and be connected to your love, Lord? And would we we go forth and love people this summer? Uh, Where we're working, or we serve as a camp counselor, not complain. God, would you just have that love shape us in a way, Lord, this summer, and our eyes are up, and we're loving the people around us, and you're moving through us. Uh, we thank you that you use people like us, broken people, 
to be your ambassadors. Um, Lord, just help us. We love you. We trust you. Thank you for this time. We ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. All right, the rest of the morning and the rest of the table time is y'all's. We love you guys, and uh, y'all have a great table time, and uh, we will miss you guys this summer, but look forward to seeing you guys August 30th.